from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back. The Kansas City Chiefs have finally done a little bit of something in free agency and got themselves another quarterback. Welcome back. This is Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan from Rogue Analytics and RGR Football on YouTube. And the Rogue Analytics Athletic Matrix Guide is out. Next-gen athleticism to use for this particular draft class it's worth your time to go over to www.rogueapc.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com. And check it out today. The 2020 Athletic Matrix is available starting now. What the Chiefs were able to do is something that probably wasn't expected at this point with the overlying question marks surrounding Sammy Watkins and Chris Jones. There isn't a whole lot of maneuvering left to do. We found out that the NFL's cap report from Monday showed us that the Chiefs have 555k available in cap space and that is it that is the lowest in the NFL and they used a little bit of that to sign a quarterback in Jordan Ta'amu out of the XFL from the St. Louis franchise I believe that is the Battlehawks if I remember correctly and what that does is bring another arm into camp someone to compete with Kyle Shermer see what they have there they just recently signed Chad Henney as their primary backup. I don't see any way that they go into this season with anyone being their number two other than Chad Henney. So this is a competition piece to come into camp and work against Kyle Shermer and see what they can find in terms of value. I think it's a smart move, and I think when you look at where the rest of their signings have been in two guys that we're going to talk about later with Matt Derrick when he joins the show here in a little bit, and we go over Antonio Hamilton, and Mike Remmers, two backup-level signings, special teams-oriented reserves. This is another one along those lines. Some low-impact, low-dollar value that they can get away with doing right now is about all the Chiefs can handle at this particular moment. But there's more to come. They have some bigger fish to fry once they figure out their big two question marks. And I do feel that the impetus is going to be on trying to get some resolution with Chris Jones and or Sammy Watkins prior to the draft so they can try to have an impact draft and get some help that they need that is both young and very inexpensive. So I do feel there's a little bit of pressure to try and get that done, but it isn't enough to make them preclude anything else. There's certainly an option where the Chiefs can go through and retain in limbo both Chris Jones and Watkins on past and through the draft especially given the way this is going. So low-level signings like this with Jordan Ta'amu out of St. Louis, I think is about all the Chiefs could get done, and now they are well under the 500 k mark in terms of cap space. So that may put an end to it until we have resolution with the big two. When we get back, we're going to bring in Matt Derrick, and we're going to start digging into the Chris Jones situation and how it affects the entire roster, as well as the rest of what's going on around the league. To get your copy of The Athletic Matrix, go to RogueAPC.com and use the code LOC20 to get 25% off of your purchase of The Athletic Matrix Metrics Report for the 2020 NFL Draft. That's over at RogueAPC. That's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com and get The Athletic Matrix today. And it's that time while you are sheltering in place, and hopefully those of you in California are, are keeping off the beaches, 
Uh, Matt and I are not at a beach. We are comfortably at home. And Matt Dare joins us back from ChiefsDigest.com, as always. How you hanging in there, Matt? I'm glad somebody is comfortable from home, because I'm home. Not sure if I'm comfortable. <laughs> We're there. <laughs> the fewer people that come down my lane, the better I am. So I am all right. Uh, me and the deer are going to be okay. There you go. Um, I've, got, I've got, I've got, you know, squirrels and, and rabbits running around, but they're relatively harmless. It is really a different world right now, especially in the NFL. And, and folks, we're going to go over a lot of the Chiefs implications here, but I want to touch on a couple of things even before we get to that, Matt. Is this news about Sean Payton being exposed, being, you know, sick at some point, yet out in public and warning other people? Like, what do you have to make heads or tails about just how important this is to teams that have sent their scouts home, that have sent a lot of their essential staff home? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting because I, I, I heard a little bit of rumblings when, when the Sean Payton news came out that maybe this was going to maybe poke the NFL a little bit to, to scale things back. And because at this point, I mean, the NFL is one of the places, few places that hasn't really scaled back that much. I mean, other than... A lot of teams have, like you said, pulled their guys off the road, so they're not scouting. The pro days are shut down. There aren't any of the of the recruits coming in, the rookies coming in for visits in the facility. Um, even the Chiefs, they've sent a lot of their employees to work from home. Um, so a lot of the, especially you know the non football side, most of those employees are not you know in the office right now. They're not in the facility. Um, even some of the football employees are not there right now. And, you know, and even though the NFL, I mean, is still kind of open for business, you know, the Chiefs clearly are one of the teams that don't have a lot of room to to do anything with and aren't doing anything. But I'm not sure that I mean, I think we're seeing the spending across the board that we would probably see in a normal year, um, especially at a few positions with some players. I think there's some especially some Chiefs out there that are free agents that I thought would have been signed by now under normal circumstances. And. Uh, maybe even some guys who've signed for maybe would have signed for a little bit more money. Um, so uh, you're right. I mean, it's really at a weird phase right now. And I think that I get, I really get the sense that around the league, there are a lot of people who are just trying to maybe take a step back, take stock, figure out what's going on because, you know, there's still a lot that the NFL has planned to happen over the next five to six weeks, but how that unfolds and how it fits into the future is, I think, still kind of up for grabs. And that's what people are trying to grapple with. Yeah, and it's got to be a battle because this whole thing feels like quick trip at 3 a.m. to me. Uh, all the crowds have gone. There's a couple of hardcores that are going to ignore what you should be doing and keep doing business as usual, but they have to make up for that at some point, right? So as much work as you can do, especially draft work, I get that. But when it comes to, like you said, negotiating contracts, is this... This having people at home, does this make negotiations go slower? Does it make them more applicable just to get something done for the sake of saying we got a contract done? I, what's your opinion on how it goes about for the mentality of the people doing the work? Yeah, I mean, you know, and some of it, and some of it's just, you know, the, 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 the it, it, what's going on, the way this is playing is so out of the realm of comfort and, and the routine that these individuals and the teams are all used to that that's kind of holding up a little bit of it. I mean, you look at the, the signings that are going in progress really by large, you know, you know, any social distancing really has not affected negotiations that much because the majority of those are always going to be by phone and by text. I mean, that's just, 
the nature of the business right now. I mean, you know, and that's why so much of this happens in a short period of time. It's it's all just based on the phone. So um, never really the only part of it that has ever really been, you know, face to face one on one is when you get the players in for their physicals and for their signings. And that's not happening right now. The only way that you get the players going in for a physical is if they are close to an NFL facility that they can go in and, and do one. You know, if she's on a free agent and they're in Cleveland, they can go to Cleveland and get a physical done. Or there's a, you know, a place near where they live that they can get a physical done. Um, but even then, it's not, you know, technically a, you know, process contract until they get in with the team and and the team can clear everything. So um, I don't think that we're expecting that, you know, a large number of any of these free agent deals are going to get wiped out by, um, you know, physicals down the road. But that's a factor in all of this. And and you're right. I mean, and and bringing the Peyton question back into this is that I, I don't really get the sense that anything's going to be really scaled back until maybe there's another shoe that drops. I mean, the Sean Payton one, like I said, was, I think, a short term shock. But by and large, I mean, I think it's going to be until you start to see maybe some more widespread issues, anyone getting sick, that then the NFL and the teams and the people running these organizations, maybe they take like another step back. Um, But, you know, there's just right now, it's just it's weird because a lot of the things that you can do normally these teams are doing. But at the same time, they're pulling back because, uh, like I said, you know, a lot of these, you know, individuals that work for these teams are not in the office. So that's the part that, you know, normally you can just go in. You've got, a, you know, you've got 20 scouts in a room talking about, you know, draft boards. That's what's not happening right now. And that's what's a little bit different. And I think it's got everybody a little bit out of their realm and their comfort zone. Yeah, and I think that has an impact uh, on the whole process and how well they can go through the process. I think we'll dig into that in the next segment, but I want to go back to something you mentioned. So if if they can't be, you know, ratified or whatever it is because of the physical aspect of it, are you telling me that I can't just relax and understand that Tom Brady's actually playing in the NFC now? I think you'd probably say he's about 99%. But I mean, all these okay. guys are pretty much 99% done. And there's a few of them that are completely done. I mean, if the teams have been able to sign up on their physicals and they're comfortable with that, then, then that's good. Um, the league has backed off a little bit to let teams announce signings that are not completely and totally 100% certified just so that they can kind of, you know, move the ball forward and there's not this huge limbo land out there and everything. But yeah, most, I'd, like I said, I'd be surprised if any, even more than 1% of these signings don't go through. So how much did that catch you off guard ending up in what is one of the smaller markets in the NFL in Tampa Bay, uh, despite their history? I never saw that coming for Tom Brady. What was your impression? Yeah, I mean, it seemed a little bit out of the uh, nowhere because it seemed like there were some other teams that were more logical landing spots and and certainly seemed like they were in the running. Um, but then it kind of just became a, you know, it was going to be New England or somewhere else. And Tampa kind of became that somewhere else. I mean, um, I, it's, it's looking at, you know, and there's been some, you know, great reporting from this out of, you know, out of New England and Boston about just kind of the background between the relationship with Brady and Belichick and Kraft. And there's been a lot of rumors over the years. And maybe, and I think that this kind of, you know, maybe puts a little bit of truth to some of those rumors that it hasn't always been hunky dory behind the scenes. And, you know, at this point in his career, that this was a point at which Tom Brady just wasn't going to be with the Patriots anymore. It was going to be somebody else. 
And it didn't really matter who <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, and I think that if there had been more interest, I mean, you know, uh, the Titans certainly seemed like a spot. I mean, I know the Colts were talked about Chargers seemed like a really logical spot. Um, you know, you, you hear too that, you know, Brady wanted maybe somewhere on the East coast where, yeah, Florida was a great place. And, you know, somewhere where you could get back to new England pretty quickly and everything. So maybe from a geographic standpoint, all those were a good fit, but, I still, gosh, I really hope there's a game this year that Tampa Bay is wearing those throwback creamsicles because I that's what I need. I need Tom Brady, a visual of Tom Brady and the creamsicle is just the lasting final memory <laughs> of Tom Brady. <laughs> the last picture taken. I can get down with that. Oh, there's a lot of implications from that, but there's a lot for the Chiefs as well. So we're going to take this break and when we get back, we'll dig into where they are now and it, what is preventing this waterfall from happening? Now, when I said waterfall a couple minutes ago, what I mean is it feels like there's one guy standing with his hands, holding up the entire mine, basically, keeping this, this mountain of water from crushing them. And it's those two deals, one in each hand, right, with Watkins and Jones. They have to get these done in order to move forward with their offseason, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that right there is, you know, what, $38 million in cap space that's just sitting there being absorbed right now. And you could clear more than half of that with some creative deal making, even if it's, you know, even if you keep Sammy Watkins and renegotiate that deal, um, you know, you can create a, a and carve out a huge amount of cap space right now um, by just figuring out those two players. Um, because yeah, right now, I mean, the, the chiefs, you can count their cap space in hundreds of thousands of dollars because that's all that it is. Um, there's a reason why they haven't been out and, and splashing any money around, even with some of their own free agents that they would like to keep. They don't have it. And, and, you know, with Jones, it certainly makes a lot of sense because there's no indication that these two sides are terribly close on a deal. Um, if, you know, the Chiefs were interested in a tag and trade situation with Chris Jones, with what's going on right now, the market just seems frozen. There doesn't seem to be any talk anywhere around the league about moving draft picks and making any trades at this point. And remember, you know, when the Chiefs made the deal for Frank Clark, I mean, that was just before the draft in April. So those are things that don't necessarily get resolved immediately at the beginning of the new league year. The Sammy Watkins situation is a little bit more curious. Um, you, you know, I, I've I've been told that the Chiefs did make an offer to Watkins at the Combine for a new deal. Um, doesn't sound like there has been any negotiation since then. So it's, the ball's kind of in Sammy's court at this point. Um, now, if if it's if it's nothing that he wants to come back and do, then you know the Chiefs have to make a decision at some point whether that is trying to find a market for him whether it's simply releasing him so they can free up that $14 million in cap space and start spending it. Um, because at this point, you know, with the limited number of deals that the Chiefs have done right now, really the only deals that they can do are minimum salary deals. They've got 62 players, I think, under contract right now. They could go up to 90 on the offseason roster. Um, now, they're usually, I'd have to go back and look, but I think they were probably in the 70s. Um, going into the offseason program last year, which you know starts in mid-April, so they're kind of behind the you know curve as far as the number of signings they would normally have. They can add people, but it has got to be minimum salaries that are not going to increase that that top fifty-one cap number right now. 
Well, and you mentioned a couple deals that they have done, and they, they are very low-end, veteran minimum type deals. With uh, Antonio Hamilton and, and Mike Remmers, what's your impression of those two acquisitions? Um, I think that instead of re-signing Jordan Lucas and Cameron Irving, the Chiefs went out and got these two guys. I mean, they're very similar type <laughs> players. I mean, Antonio Hamilton is a very good special teams player, and that's really where he's made his bones. Um, really hasn't played a whole lot of corner. He get he did get to see a little bit last year in New York. Um, he's still kind of a X factor as far as what he could be in the, in the secondary. But I think you're probably asking a lot at this point for him to be any more than three or four in the depth chart right there. So, and certainly with, you know, what he's getting paid, you wouldn't expect him to be a starting corner at this point. Um, competition for sure, but he, he certainly seems like his biggest value that he's bringing to this team is special teams. I mean, that's, that's something that they can definitely get out of him. And a guy, you know, that, hey, they're missing when they don't have you, you lose a Jordan Lucas, you lose a Marcus Kemp. He does a lot of things that those two guys can do. So it certainly makes sense from that standpoint. And Mike Rimmers, uh, you know, he's a veteran guy. He can play almost anywhere on the line. Uh, a lot of experience at guard and tackle. I mean, that sounds a lot like Cam Irving, and it is. I mean, he can he can be somebody who can swing outside. Um, interesting to see. I mean, he, he could be competition inside the start of the guard position, um, but he certainly seems like an ideal sixth man, somebody who can definitely play any position for them. And if there's if they need competition, like I said, in the interior, he's your guy. Well, and like you said, these are the two couple of things that they've been able to get done because of the situation with everything else hanging over the balance. And I think we'll come back tomorrow or the next day and talk about Jones and a couple of those implications, if I can twist your arm into coming back. But I think Watkins, honestly, is the bigger surprise to me because I, I can't feel like, if you like you said, if there hasn't been much negotiation since the combine when they... Made an offer, obviously, to reduce his salary, probably an extension of a couple of years, try to spread that out. And there's been no movement. I wonder why it hasn't become a, a, not necessity, but at least a priority to try and make that decision that you spoke of, of are we going to continue to try and negotiate? Are we going to cut him loose? Because that is holding you from being able to do anything in this free agency period. This might have been the difference between keeping getting Wisniewski back versus having to go to Remmers or some of the other like lighter end deals is your feeling that it's it's just the fit it's Mahomes and Reed wanting Watkins back or is, or is there something else affecting this scenario I think you know, I mean I don't think there's any doubt I mean the number one thing is I think that they do want Sammy Watkins back I mean if they did not want him at all um it's a very easy decision just move on and, you know, you wouldn't even have to try and hold out for a draft pick. I think that's going to be really difficult to to get for Sammy Watkins anyway. So they can certainly walk at that point. Um, I, I think the more curious thing is that you really look at it. And I think you're seeing that, you know, the Chiefs, the free agents that they have, you know, kind of fit in the one of two categories. Um, there's a category of players that they just simply don't think that are going to you know be able to afford in their budget. Because remember, we've talked about this. You know, the Chiefs have been have spent pretty freely in the last couple of years in free agency, but that's because Brett Veach was going out trying to get the guy to get them over the hump. Sammy Watkins was that guy. Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. These were the guys that they thought they needed to get them over the hump to win a Super Bowl. They've done that. So now they've got the core guys that they want. And it's simply, you know, about surrounding them with the right players around them. 
And so I think you got, you know, there's a group of free agents and there's probably a few of more of these guys. I mean, Bashad Breeland is probably at this point the biggest name at this group, I would say, which is that Chiefs would, would like to have him back, but they never expected him to return because he was simply going to be too pricey. Um, Bashad Breeland is probably finding at this point that the market just hasn't developed. I mean, in a, he's not alone. I mean, there's a lot of good free agents out there right now who just don't seem to be getting the money that I think most of us expected them to get. And certainly they expected them to get. And then there's another group that the Chiefs were willing to keep, but just weren't willing to, to spend too much. And I think that, you know, there's a few of those in that category. Maybe, a, you know, a Stefan Wisniewski was in that category, a player that the Chiefs would have kept at a lower value. Um, you know, I'm probably, right now I'm probably the guy that fits out there best as an example that's still a free agent. It's Mike Pinnell. I think the Chiefs would love to have Mike Pinnell back. He would love to be in Kansas City, but he also wants to make money. And the Chiefs are right now looking for value depth that they can surround with their core group. And if they could keep a guy like a Mike Pinnell and, you know, especially with the new veteran cap where you can get some savings by signing a guy, at, you know, not too, too price, big of a price and get a, a discount off the salary cap. I mean, that would be ideal for them. Um, but hey, you know what? If these players can get a better deal elsewhere, they're going to. And right now you're just seeing, like I said, the market's frozen. So guys aren't there out there getting that done. And the Chiefs are kind of in that wait and see mode. I don't think that the Chiefs have felt like they've missed anything at this point. There certainly there are a couple of guys. And Wisniewski was one, Pete was another, you know, Andres Pete that, you know, Herbie Tiope reported the Chiefs had an interest in. Mm-hmm. Um there are players out there, and certainly some of their own free agents that they would like to have back, but Nobody at this point that they feel like they've missed out on because they had this deal with Watkins and and Jones hanging over them. Right. Especially if they felt like they really wanted Pete bad enough. They would have got it done. Yeah. Or they could have jettisoned Watkins that day in in a move specifically designed to accomplish that. But let me ask you this. I'm glad that you brought him up. Uh, Does that signal to you that they are unhappy with not just having developmental guys in the guard positions in particular? But does it indicate anything else to you, the fact that they did go after Pete, at least somewhat, uh, in order to try and bolster this offensive line? Yeah, I mean, well, it certainly tells me that, you know, that they, like I said, you've got their core group, you've got Patrick Mahomes, and then what's the the next thing that you need on your want list? It's going to be guys to protect him. I mean, they've got what I think that they want at a lot of positions across the board. And now, you know, yeah, you're looking for the group of the right five, eight guys that can protect your huge investment at quarterback. I mean, that's what they're going to need. So um, this isn't a team anymore that's just going to be one to kind of get by with a an athletic, maybe underpriced offensive line. I mean, I think they're at this point showing that they're willing to maybe spend a little bit and and invest in the people that they think are the right choices. Um, you know, they're still going to look for some bargains. I mean, that's clearly the case, but they seem to be looking for veteran guys, some maybe established players, you know, especially in that interior where they haven't had a lot of experience the last few years. I mean, they've had a lot of young guys playing in there for them. I wouldn't necessarily include LDT in that. I mean, he's a little bit more of a veteran guy, but, you know, they certainly seem to be looking more towards established veterans rather than, you know, maybe some of the young guys have had the last few years, a couple of those spots. So in your opinion, was there interest in Pete to augment LDT or to replace him? Hard to say. I mean, you know, I, you're right. I mean, the LDT has got a contract that's built for an option for this year. And we really haven't gotten an indication which way that that might go. Um, they certainly got the opportunity to renegotiate as well. So uh, it's uh, 
At this point, it's hard to say. Well, and I found it interesting that they they came out and leaked it out that they're not looking to renegotiate with anybody else. Do you think that's accurate or is that a temporary situation until they know how they're going to move forward? Yeah, that's a little bit more temporary. I mean, that was just specifically towards, you know, making sure that they got under the salary cap for the beginning of the new league year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're certainly, hey, if they get into this, they're certainly open to to renegotiations with a, and a couple different players. And, and you know, Clark was his contract was an easy one to get done immediately. There was some willingness to do that immediately. Um, but there's a couple other deals that LTS has built for that. Obviously, Sammy Watkins, we've been talking about. Um, there's a few others out there, too, that it, it would be appropriate for them to renegotiate and restructure. They, they'd be willing to do that. They just don't need it right now for the, the cap relief unless, you know, a, a deal comes along that they realize they've got to get done. And that's the only way to get it done. So do you think that this is a floodgate and when it happens, it's all going to happen at once? It could be. I mean, you know, at this point, the Chiefs certainly look like that they are really kind of targeting that the second and third wave of free agency as being the where they can find the most value and get the most bang for their buck. But, you know, right now, I mean, normally we would be in the second wave of free agency right now, and I don't really see it starting. I mean, maybe we're maybe we're seeing a little bit of it with some guys, you know, fourth and fifth year guys signing for some, you know, low end deals. But we're not really seeing that next wave where there's a chunk of players that just all of a sudden sign for maybe a little bit below market. Um it's the market's kind of frozen right now. And like you said, I mean, I expect that once the spigot opens, it'll happen in a hurry. But for the Chiefs, nothing will happen until they, they figure out really Watkins or Jones. Well, and that's what I want to talk about tomorrow. So if you don't mind, I'll ask you to come back and we'll do another piece on that because there's so much to get into about the Jones and, and the domino effect. So for today, thanks for jumping on, Matt. I appreciate it. And folks, make sure you check out ChiefsDigest.com for all of Matt's information. We appreciate you listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.